the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We, as a church, stand on the Word of God. And as long as we have air to breathe and strength to preach and a heart that beats and a voice that can speak, we will shout that God is true. These are His words. Science can come and go, but the words of God that were delivered were spoken by God Himself via the Holy Spirit of God. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. It is recorded in the book of John that Jesus once said, If he is lifted up, he will draw all people unto himself. Christ's death, resurrection, and ascension are all linked to this glorious exaltation, and it is a call made to the entire world. No class, social status, race, or gender is excluded from this declaration. That is why we lift up the name of Jesus on this program every day. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, and I want to talk to you about the Bible, one of the pillars of our church. I've got five words five major words and the first word is the word inspiration we believe that every word written in this book the bible are the very words of god we believe that moses when moses wrote and moses wrote the first five books in the bible he wrote genesis exodus leviticus numbers and deuteronomy they're five really large books We believe that every word that Moses wrote were the very words of God. We believe that when John wrote the Gospel of John, he also wrote the three little books in the back of the Bible called 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. He also wrote the book of Revelation. We believe that when John was writing, he was writing the very words of God. We believe that when Matthew wrote the Gospel of Matthew, he was writing the very words of God. We believe that when the Apostle Paul wrote over half of the New Testament. As he wrote, he was writing the very words of God. We believe that Isaiah and Ezekiel and uh, Daniel and all of the major prophets and all of the minor prophets in the Old Testament as they were writing, we believe that as they wrote, that they were writing the very words of God. We believe that Luke, who was a physician, he wrote the Gospel of Luke. He also wrote the book of Acts. We believe that as he was writing the Gospel of Luke and he was writing the book of Acts, that he was writing the very words of God. We believe that when Solomon wrote the book of uh, Song of Solomon, he also wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. Solomon also wrote the book of Proverbs. We believe that as Solomon wrote, that he wrote the very words of God. And we will not settle for anything else. 
in this church. You might be a very intelligent person sitting out here. In fact, you might even be a genius. You might have an IQ of 145. But as far as we're concerned, you're not very smart if you don't believe that these words are the very words of God. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, in verse 15, it says that the Scriptures will make you wise unto salvation. It's why we read the Scriptures, because if you're not saved, as you read, God will direct you through His Word to uh, salvation. But I want you to see 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 that reads, all Scripture is God-breathed. God breathed. It is useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness. When it says that all Scripture is God breathed, we believe that these Scriptures came directly from His mouth. And even though the Bible was written over a period of 1,500 years by 40 different authors who had 40 different backgrounds, we know that every word that was written was inspired by the breath of God or the Holy Spirit of God. Psalm 119 verse 91 says, Your laws, not my laws, not man's laws, that your laws endure to this day. When you read this book, you must understand these are not man-made rules. These are God's rules, God's laws. I love what Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, he said these words, And we also thank God continually because when you, the church, received the word of God, which you heard from us as we were preaching, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it actually is the word of God. And all God's people said, Is this book inspired? Is it God-breathed? Are these the words of God? Is what is written here to be believed? Is it trustworthy? And if it is, it is to be revered. It is to be respected. It is to be followed and obeyed. I want to make something crystal clear to everyone in this room here at Shepherd Church. We, as a church, stand on the Word of God. And as long as we have air to breathe and strength to preach and a heart that beats and a voice that can speak, we will shout that God is true. These are His words. Science can come and go, but the words of God that were delivered were spoken by God Himself via the Holy Spirit of God. Number two is preservation. It has withstood the ages. The Bible is the best-selling book of all time. It is estimated that five billion copies have been sold or distributed worldwide. Whenever you see the top-selling books of the year, they don't even put the Bible on there because the Bible's number one. So when you see someone say, I had the number one selling book, no, you did not. You had the second <laughs> Someone say amen. Amen. They say that 92% of American households have at least one copy of the Bible in their house. The average family in America has three copies in their household. I just want to ask how many of you have one copy, at least one copy in your household? Raise your hand. We're going to do our own survey here. that's, That's a lot of you. How many of you 
have at least three copies, okay? And so those statistics are true. I want you to write this down. The the Bible has been translated in over 2,000 languages. And that's good because it was translated in English so we could read it. But did you know that there are still many people groups that do not have a copy of the Bible in their native tongue? And so that's why we support missionaries around the world who uh, move into a country that does not have a Bible and they learn the language, they learn how to speak it, and they try to figure out how to write it, and then they take the Word of God and they translate it into that language so those people can have a Bible. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8, it says the grass withers, the flowers fall, but the Word of God stands forever. No matter how often the Bible is attacked, no matter how often culture tries to change it, no matter who tries to silence it, the Bible marches on. You know, there's a story in the Bible in Jeremiah chapter 36, verse 2. I want to show you this verse. It's where God came to the prophet Jeremiah. And I don't know if he called him Jeremiah, if he called him Jerry, or if he called him Dr. J. I don't know what he called him. And he said to Jeremiah, I want you to take a scroll and I want you to write on it all the words that I have ever spoken to you concerning Israel, Judah, and all the other nations from the time that I began speaking to you. Write them all down. And so Jeremiah had a scribe by the name of Baruch And Baruch wrote out the words, the scribe, that God gave to Jeremiah. Well, there was a king by the name of Jehoiakim. Jehoiakim of Judah did not like the Bible. He did not like the words of God. You know, not everybody loves the words of God. And some people try to get rid of the word of God. And so Jehoiakim ordered that that scroll be cut up into pieces. And they cut the entire scroll into little pieces and they took the pieces and they threw them in the fire and they literally burned up the Word of God. Well, what's going to happen? We lost God's Word. No, God's Word is eternal. I want you to skip down and look at verse 28. This is further in that same chapter. Here's what God says to Jeremiah. Jeremiah, take another scroll and write on it all the words that were on that first scroll which Jehoiakim, king of Judah, burned up. And I want you to know that when they wrote that second scroll, every mark, every letter, every sentence was identical to the first. And you now have a copy of it in your Bible, even though it was burned up at one time. Jesus said these words in Matthew chapter 5, verse 18. He says, I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear... Not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law. So as long as heaven and earth are here, the Word of God will be here as well. Century follows century. Empires rise and fall. Dynasty succeeds dynasties. Kings are crowned and uncrowned, but the Bible marches on emperors decree its extermination societies try to deny it masses attempt to ignore it politicians make rules against it but the bible marches on atheists rail against it storms of hate swirl about it devotees of folly denounce it 
flames of doubt encompass it, but the Bible marches on. This book is life. It is eternal life. It has forever been settled. It will never pass away. It outlives and outlifts and outloves and outreaches and outranks and outruns and outlasts all other books. It's the eternal Word of God. Number three, write this down, is the word illumination. Illumination. What does it do for you? What does it do for me? Psalm chapter 119, I want you to turn to that. Look at verse 2. It says, blessed are those who keep his statutes. God's got all kinds of blessings for you. I want to ask you a question. Think about it. Would you rather have a life that is blessed by God or a life that is not blessed by God? Which would you rather have? (laughs) Oh, I'm telling you right now, I want to live under the blessing of God. There's no doubt about that. This says, blessed is the man who's in this book. You've got to get in this book if you want to live a blessed life. Skip down to verse 9. Look at verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your what? I'll tell you right now, men, there is no way under heaven and on earth that you can be a pure man without being in this book it's not possible not possible uh look at verse 11 verse 11 i've hidden your word in my heart that i might not sin against you if i were to ask how many of you struggle with sin we would all raise our hand the only way you'll have victory over sin is somehow you got to get god's word inside your heart that means you got to read it listen to it even smell it if that takes what it takes. But you've got to get it inside of you. That's why you, that's why you need to be in church. And read your Bibles. It's because this is the secret. You know, there's someone wrote that sin will keep you from the Bible, and the Bible will keep you from sin. Go over to verse uh, 24. I love verse 24. Your statutes are my delight. They are my counselors. The Bible is the best counselor you have, and it doesn't cost you anything. Just read it. (laughs) Yeah, but I got marriage problems. Well, read the Bible. (laughs) But I have problems with my kids. My kids just all do what I ask them to. Read the Bible. My finances are in shambles. Read the Bible. Well, I don't know if I've really been baptized or not. Read the Bible. You know, it's amazing how, how often someone says, I need to talk to you. I can't talk to anybody else. I just got to talk. You need to read this is what you need. This is your counselor. Amen. Uh, go to verse 37. I like that verse. Turn my eyes away f- from worthless things and preserve my life according to your words. Some of you need a life preserver. Some of you are going down right now. You're about to drown. You've got one hand up. You've been holler and help and you don't think you're going to make it much longer and you need someone to throw you a life preserver the bible is a life preserver amen you can't afford not to be in this book it gives wisdom to the ignorant it gives humility to the proud it gives compassion to the rich it gives comfort to the poor it gives strength to the weak it gives direction to the lost 
It gives warning to the haughty, peace to the troubled, rest to the weary, victory to the defeated. It gives joy to the downhearted. It gives hope to the discouraged. It gives assurance to the doubting. It gives guidance to the blind. It gives salvation to the sinner. Number four, write this down, is the word integration. How do you get this book inside of you? In Matthew chapter 13, I've got to go over this quick. There's the parable of the sower. I call it the parable of the soil. Because Jesus tells the story of the man, the farmer, who's sowing the seed. And the seed lands on four different types of soil. It lands on hard soil. It lands on rocky soil. It lands on thorny soil. And it lands on good soil. But the Word is the same. What makes the difference is what kind of heart it lands on. The first one, the hard, that's where the guy, he's wa- it's the path. He walks back and forth. It becomes hardened like, a, like concrete. And when the Word is preached, it lands on a heart that's hard. And the Bible says that the birds of the air come down and pick the seed off the path. And so the seed doesn't even germinate. It won't even grow. It can't grow because it landed on that hard soil. Some of the seed, it, it germinates. It, it, it begins to grow, but the roots only go so far because of the rock, the rockiness of the soil. The, the roots cannot grow. And Jesus says it's like a man who wants to serve and he hears the word and he wants to be a Christian, but the sun comes up and the scorching heat because the plants, the roots don't go down deep because they only have shallow roots when the wind comes and the heat comes the people just fall away you never hear from them again that third category is the thorns are the weeds that's someone who comes to church and wants to be a christian i like this this is great hey i like i'm enjoying this i like the bible i need to get one i got to start reading the bible oh i want to do this i love hearing a word what happens is You've got one foot in the world and one foot in the church. And as you start to grow, the world begins to choke the life out of you. All right? The spiritual life out of you. And then Jesus said, but some of the seed lands on good soil. And it multiplies a hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. Amen? Amen? Now that happens, that's happening today. It's happening this very moment. I'm speaking to you on the importance of the Word of God, how it's to be a pillar of this church and a pillar of our lives. And some of you right now, you have no idea what I'm talking about. You, you, this whole sermon is confusing to you. In fact, you can't even wait to get out of here. Because as the Word is being taught, some here, it's landing your heart is so hard It it, it wouldn't matter if Jesus were up here speaking. You wouldn't get anything out of it because your heart is hard. Some people here, you like it. I want to be a Christian. You start to do the right thing. You start to serve God. But the first storm, the first trial, the first difficult time you go through, you quit. We never see you again. And some here today, you're like a sponge. You got big ears, what I call big ears. Man, you can't, you write down every word that's spoken. Oh, I love, I love, I love, Pastor, I wish you would never stop preaching. 
What's the difference between the four? You see, it's the same word. The word is preached, but it's landing. The, the, what's, what's happening is the condition of your heart determines whether or not you receive this word or not. And that's why Proverbs says, look at this verse in Proverbs 23, verse 12. Apply your heart to instruction. Apply your ears to words of knowledge. Jesus talked a lot about having ears that hear and having eyes that see. What's he talking about? He's talking about you've got to prepare your heart. This is why I think it's important that you get here on time. Get here before church starts. You're sitting in your place before church starts. And you're praying, God, speak to me today. Make my heart pliable to your word. Then you sing the songs. And you worship God. And as you really truly worship God, your heart is getting, you're, you're tilling the soil so that when the word is preached, it takes root in your heart. It wouldn't matter if it was a five-year-old child up here who couldn't even read, but he's trying to read a, and preach a sermon. He's a five-year-old. You would still get something out of it. Because it's God's word and God's word will not return void to someone who's truly open to hearing the word of God. As we close, the word activation. Everybody say activation. Oh, I like that word. Say it again. Activation. Activation. What are we supposed to do? I heard that over here, young man. Let me hear activation real loud. Come on. Activation. All right. So what are we to do? Well, you got to read it. Number two, you got to love it. Some of you don't love this book. This book is God's love letter to you. God, this, is, this is a heavenly book that God wrote to you. It's a love letter. You've got to fall in love with this book. I've told you before, you've got to carry it. I've told you before, if you just carry, just carry it. It's hard to get in trouble carrying a Bible. Your buddies all go, hey, you want to smoke some weed? Oh, well, no, uh, not right now. Not right now. (laughs) Hey, we're going to Vegas. You want to go? Well, not right now. And I've said this before. Some of you that have a really problem, you need to carry a Bible in both hands. It's (laughs) It's really hard to get in trouble when you've got a Bible in each hand. There's a list of things there. Here's the most important. Write this down. It's just to obey. Just read it and do it. James says, anyone who knows, who listens to the word, doesn't do it. You're just, he says, do not merely listen to the word. It's a blessing for us to so bring this program yourselves. to you every just day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. 4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. 
That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Wouldn't it be great if there were accessible answers to our spiritual problems? Just like there's a smartphone app for calculating a tip or getting directions to a local store. Most of us have heard the phrase, there's an app for that, popularized by the creators of the iPhone. Well, God has an app for the common problems faced by Christians everywhere. Are you stressed out? God has an app for that. Problem with crude language or gossip? Struggling with prejudice? Brokenhearted? Anxious? Or depressed? God has an app for that too. Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, is available now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This helpful resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also get God Has an App for That on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at the same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Pastor Dudley